Welcome to EO Audio. I'm East Oregonian Managing Editor Daniel Wattenberger, and today we sit down with Bill Elfering, who's running for a second term as Umatilla County Commissioner. I am running for re-election and very, uh, very much want the position. Perfect. Well, we kind of like to start off by just giving uh, people who are listening and people that don't know you the chance just a little bit about your background. Uh, tell, tell people who aren't familiar with you. So do you want to cradle gray? Cradle to... Well, yeah. Not gray, cradle yeah. to cradle <laughs> now. Just a, just a quick, uh, quick kind of... Well, I was, uh, I was born in Long Beach, California, mm-hmm. and uh, moved with my parents when I was three years old to Vail, Oregon, mm-hmm. where I spent the next... Uh, until high school graduation. Mm-hmm. Graduated from high school... Uh, Went to college at University of Portland, got my bachelor's degree in history. Uh, went right out of, right. in fact, I worked full-time my, my senior year of college managing a sporting goods store, which was a kick. And it made me money, got me through school. But right out of right out of college, I went then to work with State Farm Insurance and made that a career for 44 years. I worked uh, in middle to lower management to begin with and worked my way up into into upper middle management. I managed the agency department in, in State Farm's office. Excuse me, I was the assistant manager in Salem. I was due to go to Phoenix, Arizona as the manager of the department down there and said, you know, I really like being close to my family. And so I declined that, came to Pendleton in 1970, um, acquired an agency in Pilot Rock. It took me probably the first afternoon to realize that wasn't going to be the future of my agency growth in Pilot Rock. And began processes of moving it from from there to to uh, Pendleton. And I located in Pendleton, located it from Pilot Rock to Pendleton in December of 1970. Uh, kept the old office phone number because I wanted the people to be able to have access. Mm-hmm. And at that time, you might remember there was a long distance phone call from mm-hmm. Pendleton to Pilot Rock. And I didn't want the people to be burdened with that, so I kept the office phone in my in my house. And my wife would answer it during the day, and I'd respond, and people would come to the house at night. And so we kept the business going on both ends. Uh, in, in, within a month, the agent who had been an agent here for half a hundred years uh, died of a heart attack, sudden heart attack. And I acquired that agency, and then we divided it in two and uh, brought in a fellow by the name of Vern Berg. And uh, he then moved on to management in Idaho, and I brought Dan Seneca in. And, and he joined me in business. Dan's my cousin. I don't know if you know that, but Dan, Seneca, Elfering, yeah, go figure. <laughs> but uh, and, and we did business there until uh, 1980. Well, let's see. I, I went into management, district management with State Farm here in 19, uh, 1990. And in 19, excuse me, 1980, 1985, they asked me to go to Seattle, which was a good career move, but uh, I found that wasn't the way I wanted to do my career. Family and friends and everybody were still here. So we began looking to come back. Uh, We're fortunate enough to land in Hermiston in 1990 and uh, built that agency until I retired in 2005. Laid out a couple of years. I did some some interesting things. Uh, Chair of the Republican Party for for a couple of years, uh, and I then began asking people I knew, because I knew Dennis Doherty at the time was the incumbent commissioner who was not going to run again, and I always felt 
part of my job as a county chair was to find good qualified candidates to fill every position. So I was asking people, will you run, would you consider running for county commissioner? Would you consider running for county commissioner? It was always, no, no, I don't have time. My wife won't let me or, you know, all the answers that you get when you ask somebody to do something. And finally, I asked Chet Pryor. You probably remember yeah. Chet. Chet, who passed away this last year. Missing. Uh, I asked Chet. I said, Chet, would you would you consider serving as, as county commissioner? He said, oh, no, I could never do that. He said, I'm way too busy with the farm. He said, why don't you? And I said, oh, <laughs> me? <laughs> and he said, yeah, you. You could do it. You'd be good. Well, I went through four years ago the... Yes, I will. No, I won't. Yes, I will. No, I won't. Yes, I will. No, I won't. Yes, I will file. Oops, it's all over. I can't go. No, I won't anymore. I filed. And I ran and, and was successful. So that kind of brings you pretty much up to date okay. to the last four years. Okay. And give us a brief overview of those four years. What are you, what are you most proud of? What was difficult about it? What, what surprised you about the job? You know, there are, there are several little items, and they're kind of some of them are kind of itemized there for you. But I'm really proud that we've been able to do a lot of streamlining of, of the county government. Uh, we've saved the, uh, the taxpayers over $400,000 in, in salary and benefits for, for positions that we streamlined, consolidated, and, and made do without replacement. Uh, one of those happened to be the, the uh, Director of Economic Development, uh, Hewlett Johnson, great guy, was, was looking for retirement. Uh, we made it possible for him, and he, he retired, and the other two commissioners said, well, Bill, that's not too big a job. Why don't we just let you do it? So I became also then, the not officially, but had the responsibilities of the director of economic development. And so I, I'm proud of some of the things we've done there. Uh, we took a department that was a one-man department, kind of almost part-time, uh, and changed some of the philosophy of the department. Uh, the Economic Development Department receives you know, roughly uh, $300,000 in lottery funds each year. And it was being doled out to Chambers of Commerce to help them with their operations and for citizen banquets and parades and uh, things of that nature. And I, I thought, coming from the background business that I had, that that money should be used as investment that it should be used in a way that ultimately at some given point there would be a return on the dollar to the county. Uh, my primary focus is jobs. How can we, either working in the county or working together with the county economic development departments, how can we cause more jobs to happen? And if there are more jobs, those people with jobs need a place to live. They buy a house they pay taxes, don't they? Or whether they rent or buy, they pay taxes and it comes back to the county. So that's a return on the money. At the same time, if it's a new business or a current business that we're helping to expand, they create capital capital investment. That capital investment is taxable. It comes back to us in the form of return on investment. So we've, we've focused, turned the focus more toward economic development and a little away from not getting all the way out of the community development aspect. We still have that there. So we still practice the community community benefits. We, we try not to be really indiscriminate about what we do, and we try and be totally fair. Uh, there had been no effort to assure anybody that 
that one part of the county wasn't getting at all and another part of the county wasn't getting any at all. And my aim was to make sure that it was even and fair, that everyone had a chance. And we've, uh, I've seen money go to Ukiah. I've seen it melt tree water at Pendleton, Hermiston. Uh, we've invested in the UAV program here. That's a, that's a job creation program and we want to see that happen. Uh, we've invested in uh, Ukiah's lighted sign to promote tourism in their city and bring more money into the town, which if more money comes to town from tourism, tourism is part of my department there too. Uh, and the county was good enough to give me uh, three employees on a part-time basis. Uh, Tamara Mabbitt is my right-hand man and she does a very good job. So I'm proud of that. So that, that's a full-time, or I mean, a long-term uh, strategy of, of not, not having a full-time economic development director. But Probably as long as I'm around. Yeah. Okay. As long as I'm around, I'm willing to do it, because I have a passion for it anyway. You probably probably sense that. Is, it, is that something uh, you personally initiated? The taking on the yeah. department? No. 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 But I was already actively involved in it, Phil, and, and had oversight of uh, Hewlett-Johnson. So I, w I knew what was going on and what what he was doing in the first place. So they said, you, you're already, excuse me a second, let me silence this a second. And uh, I was already pretty much aware of where he was going, what he was doing, uh, some of the places where he was needed to be. And so it was an easy step, an easy step. And it got me up to my eyebrows and work because we've taken it to the next level as far as economic development is concerned. In fact, coming up next month, uh, you may have already had a save the date on the Umatilla County Economic Development Summit. We've asked all the, all the communities to come together and to meet so that we can talk with them about the, the Economic Development Department, our, what our focus is, how we're working, uh, the fact that, that, uh, that we want to work with, and let me pause there just a minute and, and emphasize that a county commissioner is elected for the entire county, not just for a region. Sometimes it seems like that because I'm in the west end of the county. I live there. Um, commissioner Murdoch's here in Pendleton. He lives here. Commissioner Murdoch lives up in the Milton Freewater area. Uh, it seems like we're out of wards. And we're not. We're not. But uh, so we want to work and have been working with the communities throughout the county on helping them to reach their objectives on economic development. Uh, it's and all of them have a crying need. Pendleton, the, you, you see it in your paper all the time. They're crying out for more jobs. Let's get something going. What's happening with the UAVs? What's happening here? You know, and, and uh, so I'm working with them. And how can I work with them? That it's really important for them to as much tell us how we can work with them as for us to tell them. Uh, and I really enjoy working with all of them. Uh, we're working now with Milton Freewater. I know you've heard of the uh, the work that's being done on Highway 395 north of Hermiston. Uh, that came through one of our initiatives that uh, we were able to get get a grant from from the Oregon Land Use Planning Department, and and with that grant, we were able to really dig out some facts on that 
that area out there as far as how many businesses there are, how many residents, what the potential is for it. And then we gathered some of the owners and, and business managers together and shared that with them over a couple of meetings and gradually, gradually, they took the ownership of it. Now it's them driving the, driving the bus. And that's the way it should be. They should be the ones. But we're taking that now and, and modeling that on Highway 11 north of Milton Freewater for a similar kind of, similar kind of initiative. And uh, they're just excited about it. And I'm pleased that they are because if they aren't, we can't be. There's nothing we can do for them if we're not wanting to do it. So they're picking it up. They're going to have a meeting up there uh, as soon as they get the, their school bond issue put to, put to rest. That's priority number one for them right now. Next one will be to stage a meeting. We'll be in there and talk to them about the 395. We'll bring some of the people from that to that meeting and, and see where it goes, see where it goes. We uh, also have partnered with, uh, with Susan Bauer in the, uh, and she has, has been undergoing, undertaking a, uh, a workforce need. You know, you always, it's one of those delicate things. What, uh, Tamara's attending a convention, well, she's back now, but in Arizona for land use planners and sent a thing and Bill for podcast listeners, Tamara Mabbitt is director of land use planning for or the planning department Thanks. for for Umatilla County, and she uh, she sent me a, a photograph or a picture of a of a diagram, and it it had workforce, housing, job creation in a circle, and I said, looks to me like that. We and we've talked about that the proverbial chicken and egg. What yeah. comes first? Do you get the jobs? Do you get the, the business in and then get the jobs in? And then how do you do that? And, and so she's studying that. And she's uh, at this meeting next month. She'll be presenting her findings. So that'll be part of that meeting. But we're really out to bring businesses in. That's one of the things that makes it really exciting to work on the, uh, on the uh, Army Depot because it has tremendous, tremendous potential. And uh, <clears throat> the frustration is that it's with the Army, and the Army has Army time. And uh, they're going to work until they die or retire. <laughs> we just don't want them to carry this project on the books that long. So there's uh, over 9,000 acres there that's going to transfer. And it, it will, even on their checklist, which is conservative, uh, it says April of, of 17. So it looks like it's... It, and it could come sooner. Could come sooner. The thing we've always asked for out there is that that property be number one clean, number two free, number number three with water. So we're negotiating currently water rights. Jade was out. Jade works here, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, out of our Hermeson office. Yeah. But she was out to our meeting and and uh, where we were wrestling with some concepts on water uh, certificate division out how they should be appropriated between uh, the Army and us. And uh, we've got some strategies to, you know, they've got over 4,000 gallons per minute, which the Army says, or the, the National Guard, who will occupy the Army site, says they can use probably 400 to 600 gallons per minute at their full build-out. It didn't make any sense that they asked for 30%. So we're, we're wrestling, and it's... It's, it's getting there. It's just 
never fast enough when you have businesses who are knocking on the door saying, what do you have available? Can we locate there? Can we discuss it? Can we do due diligence and, and prepare it so that when the time comes, we're ready? And when, when the Army says you can't do anything more than stick a shovel in the ground, that's as far as you can go, uh, it's hard to do due diligence. Well, we've negotiated that away. Now they're going to let us do the real thing. So, <clears throat> so that's fun. Uh, probably one near and dear to you is the, uh, the EOTech, Eastern Oregon Trade and Event Center. Uh, at the, at the get-go, I wasn't terribly involved with it, but uh, I was—I knew I was all, always an alternate on the board of on the board of uh, directors, uh, backing up Commissioner uh, Gibbons on that position. And as time went on, uh, I began to take a more active role in it, and uh, I'm going to be very proud of it when it's done, and it will be done. Will it be done in time for the fair of 2017? Yes, it will. Yes, it will. The uh, the the schedule. I know there was a little fluff up over the schedules here a while back, but that's been that's been taken care of now. Okay. So that's kind of where I am. Um, you know, we've always run a we're in budget process right now, but we're uh, we're balancing that budget, and it will be balanced. Has to be balanced. Law says it will be, so it will be balanced. And uh, I think it's going to be fair to all to all recipients of parts of that budget. One thing I did miss was the, uh, well, a couple things, I guess, in the streamlining and talking about that. We felt, I felt, that our employees could be more excited about their jobs and, and enthusiastic about what they did and present the absolute best face they could to the public. So we began, we, 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 we were having what were called senior manager meetings. We still call them that. But the senior manager meeting consisted of, what's new in your department today? What's new in yours? And it went around the room. It was the boringest meeting I ever had to sit through. And I told Commissioner Gibbons as soon as I was on board, I said, you know, we need to change these things, make them worthwhile to people. And... Uh, he said, well, let's wait till our, th our third joins us, and George joined us in May, and, and we made that change almost immediately to turn those into, into educational processes where they can learn something, that they can apply on their job, even such things as customer service. Who'd think it? Customer service from a county agency? Wow, that's a novel mm -hmm. idea. They've taken to it. They really like it. Uh, morale, I've, I sense it. And other people have told me it's the highest they've ever seen morale, that the employee group really is, is great to people, the public that comes in. We get letters. Phil sits through the, the initial part of the board meeting when we read letters from people have sent us telling us what a great job our employees have done. And it's, it's good. It's good. It's really come around. We like our employees. and We want them to be the best. And they want to be the best. You know, I don't think anybody really knew that, that they really want to be the best. So they've come to these come to these sessions, and there's all sorts of variety. Uh, Susan Bauer has taken taken a lead on some of those and, and presented. Uh, we've had other people come in with things like the like an explanation of PERS and how it works, uh, and and they really feel like now they're part of something, rather than just sitting in a chair. They're part of something, and I'm I'm proud of that. I'm I'm proud of the progress that's being made with um, to 
utilize, fully utilize water in the West End. You know, the conservation of that water has been ongoing for a long time, but there's been some parts of it that haven't been utilized. Uh, cities water certificates where they have more than they need. Uh, J.R. Cook and NAWA are the people who are spearheading that. And I'm, I'm supporting them. I'm their biggest cheerleader. I'm supporting them all the way with that. And uh, the more that we can can do things like that and help people, enable people to to, to cause our, our area or region to grow, uh, that's what we want to do. You know, I'm, I'm fully behind Bill Hansel and bringing out the the most negative of legislature, le legislators from the heart of downtown Portland who can't see past Union Avenue, well, it's Martin Luther King Boulevard, and uh, can't see any further than that, bringing them out and showing them what Eastern Oregon is and how people are really working hard to do the best job they possibly can. And with just maybe a little bit more support out of the legislator, legislature, it, uh, it can really happen. And they recognize that. And uh, it, it's great to have them out. Take them, took them out on a tour of the depot and they saw that and they said, wow, that's, that's pretty neat, a lot of land. A lot of land. Now if we just get it. Okay. we got a few questions for you. Okay, here. good, good. Well, I'm going to part back to EOTech. Bill, yeah. you've been a, a proponent of EOTech. I have. Um, I guess I want you to explain why uh, the county has invested a lot of money in that, and uh, the EOTech board has reassured people time and again things are on track, but time and again uh, they've been short of money and they've pushed back the construction schedule. Yeah. Uh, first of all, why am I in favor of it? Uh, the reason I favor it is because currently we're, we're dealing with a fairgrounds that sits right in the middle of, of Hermiston. Uh, the footprint for that fairgrounds is set, can't be expanded. There's no, no place to go. No place to go. We're sitting there with buildings that are literally held together with baling wire and bubble gum. They are really a, a decomposing infrastructure. So something had to be done. Something had to be done. Uh, not to say that that this was a rash or a quickly thought out or you know rashly thought out process. I heard about this process of moving the fairgrounds out where it is, where where EOTech is. Uh, I heard that from Joe Burns back in uh, 1992. So it's it's been around a while. <clears throat> Took a while for it to get to the point where it just became absolutely mandatory. Either we would go in and improve that infrastructure and bring it up to code, bring it up so it functions and works well, or remove it. Well, this, the school district needed the needed the growth there. They were we were already encroaching on their land to run a fair. We we're using some of their stuff. Well, they needed the fairgrounds to to expand the high school, and it was either them expand the high school or or locate a second high school, one or the other. And it would have been an extremely expensive thing for them. It would have been an extremely expensive thing for us to go in, bring that property up to snuff, so that it was. A good fairgrounds. Uh, so what did we do? We, uh, you know, the city of Hermiston, bless their hearts, stepped up and said, "We'll partner with you." Well, that's all right. That's good. So they partnered with us. Uh, we put jointly, either in kind or in cash, the same amount of money. We sold the fairgrounds for three point something million dollars. Added another uh, two hundred thousand, I think, to buy a piece of ground out there. Added another six hundred thousand dollars just recently, uh, and what are we getting? We're getting half of a fourteen million dollar facility. That's not a bad investment. And again, it comes back to that doggone business. 
of thinking of mine. You know, if you spend uh, three point whatever and, and 600, you're, you're under $4 million into half of a $14 million project. So would you spend $4 million to get $7 million? I think that's a pretty good investment. And we get a, a facility that will be first rate, expandable, that will be able to grow. There's probably about 38 acres out there that, that is not going to be initially used. It may be sometime down down the road, but it isn't going to be used. Uh, so, yeah, then we have the concept of who's going to operate it, and will it operate successfully? Every example that I've heard so far of those that have been in difficulty, the Toyota Center, the what's the other one up in Pasco? Oh, the track, or, yeah. Uh, the, the one at Redmond, Deschutes, they have a debt. They've got debt to pay off. This is coming in at debt-free. There's not going to be any debt to be paid. So it's it has that part of the element taken care of. Was the old fairgrounds stagnant? No, we used it for other things too and made some money off of it, uh, which won't go into the fair grounds anymore because the fairgrounds won't exist. Uh, we have supported the fairgrounds. We paid for maintenance and so on. Uh, I will, I will, I will wager with you. We'll, we'll put a big jug of champagne right there, and I'll wager with you that we're going to come out good on this one. Because what do you mean by that? That 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 the cost of it won't be near what it, it won't be near the millstone that people think it's going to be. That it will be successful. That it will stage events, and it will work. They've already got, can you believe this? They've got a, they've got a quinceanera scheduled. 600 people. Wouldn't you like to be mom and dad? Yeah. <laughs> oh. But, yeah, and there are a so lot more. So you think more, this will be a self-sustaining? I think it will self-sustain. Yeah. I really do. Well, self-sustain, let's back off on that just a minute and say self-sustain with the same kind of support we've provided or less in the past. It's the county building. Yeah. It requires maintenance. Well, it. yeah, it partly belongs to us. So, right. so, so there'll, yeah. there'll be some county budget going to this. Yeah, there'll be some okay. continued maintenance. Sure there will. Continued support. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But not near the the part that will take it under, like, mm -hmm. like I've heard. Mm -hmm. similar to the old fairgrounds. This is a... This is a as far as I'm concerned, we're getting a brand new fairgrounds out of the deal, and it's coming out pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, we're half of EOTech, and uh, so we will continue to monitor it very, very carefully because we do not want to put county funds into it. We don't want this to be an additional thing to the budget. And a long-term uh, ownership plan for that is half city-owned, half county-owned. You think that's a Actually, the inter intergovernmental agency of the EOTech, yeah, they, are, right. they are an independent, so, sure. well, more or less independent. Right. Three and three coming off, or four and yeah. four coming off of city and county. But, uh, yeah. That's the long-term management. That's the long-term management goal is to have it under that authority. Yeah. Uh, kind of like the, uh, the depot will be under the authority of the Columbia Development Authority, yeah. which is a five-agency partnership. Next. Well, I think I want to ask another EOTech question. Go ahead. And, and I'm just wondering if, if 
Because the main purpose will be to hold the county fair, right? Not anymore. Okay. I mean, for, to for us. the county's purpose. To the us, county's yes. Purpose. Yeah. yeah. So why not make a deal that um, that gives the county the the way to hold the fair there, and at the same time, um, you know, washes the county's hands of having to put more money into it. You know, I mean, is there a deal you can make with the other members of EOTech to say, hey, you know, you know, you know the rental grounds for a long time had a deal with Pendleton, the dollar a year rental kind of thing, right? I'm sure that, Phil, that that kind of an arrangement could be made and that Hermiston would be very willing to, to take uh, the, the, our half of that $14 million and make it theirs and give us free rent for the next that, how many years. But why would I want to give away that much investment? Where we've got we've got like I say less than four million into into a seven million dollar deal. Why would I want to throw the three million dollars away? Uh, it's a it's it's a dollar thing to me, and I I don't, I don't see disposal. It's been suggested. I've heard you're not the first that's that said that, and I know that the board has probably even given that some thought. But I'm not just willing at this particular juncture. Would I would I change my mind? I might at some point. But I would tell you now, at this point, we'd be throwing away a pretty valuable asset. I'm not sure we'd be doing uh, good financial management for the county to do that. And as it is, we sit in a position where we can determine some of the things that are going to be out there. Uh, there are other, I know there, well, I probably shouldn't even throw it out there, but I will. We've talked about, for example, having a, a taste of Umatilla County celebration out there and bring in all the products that are produced here in this county, uh, everything from hill meat to the wines of Milton Free Water to the fruits that are grown, the watermelons and the potatoes and all those things that are processed, the snacks and everything, bring it into one facility and, and celebrate it and, and make it a, a community celebration where people can come together and, and enjoy it. Tourists would come in from, from Portland, Seattle and, and participate in something like that. And, and so we're talking things like that, and that's through the county tourism and like I say, I probably shouldn't spill the beans, but I will. I tend to talk. I tend to. I tend to talk too much. It's kind of like when I, when I my my son was had a had a legal issue, and and the his attorney brought me in to do a what do you call it a statement beforehand deposition. Uh, yeah, yeah, deposition on it, and he says, and he says, I know you insurance people. He says you like to talk. He says. Shut up. Just answer the questions when I ask them, and that's all. So I like to talk, and I, I probably sometimes say too much. I want to knock out a few more there, Phil. Why we, well, um, I think, Bill, you, I'd like you to address some of the stuff that you do as commissioners. You Commissioners, uh, the way you guys have structured, you are a liaison to different departments. I am. So could you give us a little overlay about what you the departments you serve are liaison. Absolutely. I uh, when I came in because because my father was a sheriff for the entire time I spent in school in Vail, Oregon. Uh, I was familiar with law enforcement and and have an interest in it, and so I asked to take on the law enforcement end of it. So I I have uh, board liaison responsibility to the sheriff, uh, to the district attorney, to community justice which is juvenile and youth and, and probation. Uh, so I have that, that entire gamut of, of law enforcement there. I also have and have been assigned just within the last couple of months the 
land use planning, the planning department. So I have, and, and it, it's, it's a good fit because planning and economic development go so closely together. And I also had the economic development to start off with, and, uh, the liaison responsibility to it, which I now have a much more direct responsibility to. And, uh, but planning comes right into that because it's good to have somebody who has the knowledge of where you can locate what and how and what needs to be done and to make it a, an acceptable use. So those are the departments that I've got. Uh, work a lot with the sheriff. We just got through the, the dispatch negotiation with the cities. Uh, that was a, an issue that had been, well, it was kind of a can kicked down the road was what it was. As it morphed and changed, uh, and the county did more and more of the dispatching for all of the county, there, there was a cost element to it that the county was bearing alone. And we needed to be able to distribute that in a fair and equitable way among the people who participate in the dispatch. So we just went through, what, six, seven months of, of, of talking about it and, and working different scenarios and what, what will work and what won't work and how can we make this something that's right. And ultimately what we did is we came down to, to where everybody recognized if there was no county, the dispatch should still exist. And if it existed, it would exist as a freestanding, self-supporting entity. And how much would your share be if that were the case? Why isn't that the case? It is now. Yeah, yeah we've distributed those costs. You mean like yeah, why, isn't, why, isn't why isn't it an independent freestanding? Oh, why isn't it? It, it, just hasn't, it just hasn't developed that way. It's developed within the sheriff's office historically here. Uh, it is in some places. It is a freestanding independent. Is that thing. something you have thought to? Or what? Oh, we thought about it. Yeah. We thought about it. And, and, the, and the committee ultimately said, no, they want to do that. Because to do that, then they have to have an overhead structure of management and so on that they would have to hire and cost them more money. So it was, it was less expensive to keep it under the sheriff and operate it that way. The sheriff is able to, is able to allocate personnel on fractions. You know, you can have, it takes a quarter time of this person to do this and a quarter time of that, or a half time person doing this and doing something else in the sheriff's office the rest of the time, so it's very efficient. It's quarter times and half times uh, uh, good enough for, for the dispatcher? For what they're doing. Job, for, well, for not for a dispatcher, certainly right. not. I mean, yeah. But for some of the other functions, yes. Yeah. Do we have enough dispatchers? Probably not. We probably need one more. Uh, it's been proposed in the budget, and it, and it probably will fly in the budget. A dispatcher will because with the overtime that we paid during the last budget term, probably hire a person full-time, which would then, that's still being being evaluated, but we can probably, for that overtime cost, hire a full-time person. So we're looking at that. Now, if you hired a full -time per, another full-time person and continued all the same overtime, then obviously that's sure, not going to work. Yeah. <clears throat> you, you mentioned the you know, Dispatch Advisory Committee. That was something you formed last year to try and get all these agencies in the same room at one time. Yeah. Right. You're right. I mean, really. You're um, right. 
But I'm just kind of curious because uh, whether the name is what it is or not, is uh, an advisory committee, did it offer advice on the operation of the dispatch? Did someone say we should do this better? And if so, what was the result of those of well, those offers? Of those yeah, ultimately, ultimately, the advisory committee is going to meet about once a quarter and, and take a look at how the how the uh, the uh, cost is functioning. Mm -hmm. uh, originally, I went into it. I've got. I'll confess to you, I was absolutely green walking in there the first time. I had no idea. Uh, first of all, of what was really happening with with a couple of other things. Uh, for example, I was not I was not really aware of what the RIMS, the uh, the computer technical committee, what they did. I didn't know there was even one until we had a, until we got to the second meeting, I think. Um, and the the law enforcement advisory council that the that the sheriff and the police chiefs and the law enforcement leadership from this area attend. If there's a relationship problem, it should be being addressed really there. That, a, that our advisory committee shouldn't be taking that up, really. It should be taken up at the Law Enforcement Advisory Council. Uh, and, I, and I got that information from the sheriff, and he said, really, that's where we really ought to be doing it. I said, yeah, you're right. You're right. We should. So we refocused the, 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 the continuation of the advisory committee. They will have advice, I'm sure, on a quarterly basis when we get together to talk about the costs. They may have issues they want to bring up at that point. If they want to, fine, that's good. The more that we can hear, the better I think things work. The more open it is, I think the better it is. And, and Phil, you're right. Uh, there were some <clears throat> there were some burrs under some saddles when we first started. There were some people who were not happy uh, with some of the, particularly some of the ways that things had been brought forth in the way of cost. Uh, so I think we answered those questions and we got everybody's agreement on it and uh, I'm happy with it. I'm, I'm curious about, uh, um, also about how happy you are with the Sheriff's Office. You've, uh, you're the, you know, the, the liaison. Law enforcement. Yeah. So, you know, just, uh, you know, how do you feel about the work of the Sheriff's Office and I'm wondering if, if you had your way, um, if you could manipulate the budget as you like, uh, you know, what, what priorities would you... If money help, were no object. Yeah, if money were no if object, money what priorities were, would you help the sheriff's budget? I, I would put more people out on the road, more, more deputies out on the road in patrols in all the areas of the county. Um, our current sheriff, uh, Sheriff Rowan, has done a remarkable job of increasing his staff through efficiency and, and and having things like the taking the the contract with the cities of Athena and Weston, being able to hire two people to fill that those, to take care of that need, uh, has stretched it. He's you know when when I first came in, I think he had nine nine deputies, and uh, he's now up to about fourteen, and he needs a couple more that he has empty spots for. So he's probably going to be 15 or 16 deputies, and that's that's without any additional budget. Well, we gave him one last budget session. We gave him one additional deputy, but he's made it made it do. He's done things like like uh, institute the 36-hour hold, which a lot of people have forgotten about because it no longer became an issue. The cities were very upset with the fact that they could bring somebody in, book them into the jail, and by the time they finished their paperwork, the guy was back on the streets in their hometown. 
that wasn't right. And they said, that isn't right. Why are we even bothering to arrest anybody? They turned right back around. And it was because there was a an artificial number that had been created as to how many people could could reside in that jail. Well, Terry changed that. Terry Rowan, the sheriff, changed that. Uh, said we can actually supervise the same amount of, with the same amount of personnel, we can supervise more people. So he made that change. Uh, they made the change. They instituted a 36-hour hold. Nobody... Nobody who's booked into jail gets out short of 36 hours. That also gives the district attorney the opportunity to, to do what he needs to do to, to institute whether he's going to carry the charges further or what, or, or to book, him, to, to book the, uh, the court time. So it's worked tremendously effective. We just did a contract with Wallowa County, and uh, we're now taking their their they're jail prisoners because they have no jail they can keep anybody in. So they bring them to ours and they pay a, they pay a cost. That's going to help fund another part of a, of a deputy. We have a deputy that we hire for the Corps of Engineers and they pay for, for the work along the river and the parks and so on to patrol. And with the, uh, with the money that's coming in from the, uh, from, from the uh, that contract with Willow County, it's going to help support that. And the sheriff, by the same token, is going to take, be able to take juvenile offenders up to Walla Walla, where now it takes somebody coming in on call in the community justice to be able to come in on call, and so you have to pay overtime. That person, you have to pay on call time, so it'll save that. So it's little efficiencies like that that, that we look for to be able to make it more efficient and more cost-effective. And we're still looking at that, and as... As you get deeper in, you get you, you get to see more and more, and you say, "Wow, well, that's uh, have we ever thought about?" You know, yeah. and when you get to have I ever thought about, then you can make some some true considerations. That's kind of like we will think about the uh, the the way county governments run. Will we will we support having a, a full time administrator? Yeah, well, I can't tell you that. Yeah. Uh, there'll be a charter review committee. It's going to take a look at it. We need to do that every five years. It is due. So, our neighboring county just went that way, and the, the, they did. Our cities work. I mean, is, what, what, what? Of course, I see. What's their population there? Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> is that something that is is not feasible for Umatilla County, or is it? Uh, well, let's put it this way. I, I think that there are some parts of that that can be looked at. I think, on the other hand. The, what we've got now works remarkably well. Uh, my job is certainly full-time. I was, I was trying to make an appointment for somebody this morning, and, and there was absolutely no time till next week on Wednesday I can see him for an hour. The rest of the time there's things going on that I need to be at and I need to be involved with. So my job is full-time. Uh, I'll finish tonight about... 8.30, 9 o'clock. There's a, a, a Umatilla County Health Dinner in Hermiston tonight. If you haven't heard about it, you need to hear about it and come down. But uh, So I'm going to be at that. And I looked at the next night. You ain't going to work then because so i got to be to Salem. for. for I serve on the, on the Board of Trustees for City County Insurance Services. That's the, the, that's the organization that, that creates the self-insurance pools that insure our, our cities and counties. And uh, they thought, 
44 years of insurance background maybe would help. I suspect it probably does, although we go a lot deeper into weeds than I ever did before. So I'm going down to one of their one of their meetings, and then we have the Association of Counties on Monday. So and sometime I'm going to take a day off. Yeah, one of these days. Yeah. yeah, one more question. Sure. Um, uh, marijuana. Marijuana. Would the county reconsider where it stands with marijuana? Certainly, Phil. Certainly, the county will reconsider. The county continues to consider. The marijuana the marijuana committee con continues to meet. On a periodic basis to update themselves on on laws and uh, regulations that are coming out well, of the OLCC. Not done yet, right? They're not done. Yeah. Legislature's not really right. done. Uh, my feeling on it when we <clears throat> when we when we put the ban in effect was that I wouldn't offer you a, a glass of water in a broken glass with shards of glass sitting in the bottom of it. I just wouldn't do that. I thought the law was imperfect not just imperfect, that it wasn't a good law. The way that was administered and the personnel and the money that they put to doing that was insufficient to, tr to properly regulate it. I still feel that way to a degree. It's changing. It's coming. Some counties are very happy. Some counties are not. I uh, listened to a presentation by the uh, health administrator from uh, Multnomah County talking about the measures that they were taking in the, in the processes and the, and the services they were putting into place to deal with it. And I asked her afterwards, I said, do you think you are, are going to get enough marijuana tax money to pay for what you're planning to do? She said, I don't think I'm not even harboring that idea. She says, I, I know that we're not going to. It's going to cost us money. We'd rather not spend the money. You know, if again, who am I? I'm a, I'm a business person. If it costs you more than you're making, you probably want to look at what you're doing. And they were looking at spending more to accommodate it than they were going to make from it. And I don't think our taxpayers want to do that. They voted 60, what percent to... Yeah, I think that was, though, for recreational marijuana, right? That was for legal. Legalization. My heart goes to those who need it or receive benefit medically. Uh, it's almost like a problem of immigration. It really needs to be handled at the national level. Uh, currently, it's still on the banned list nationally, and so consequently they can't designate any particular research to be devoted to it to determine what does it really work. Well, the people who use it say it really does. It really helps them. And I and I believe that. I believe it does. But how much? Who's watching over it? Uh, who's, who's dispensing it? At, at what potency? Uh, you know, with our drugs, you go to a drugstore to get your prescription that the doctor has filled out and, and said you should take. Uh, he tells you how much to take and how often. Uh, he reevaluates you from here from time to time. None of that exists in medical marijuana right now, and it's because of the federal ban. So if they ever get to a point where they want to where they want to loosen that up, do some some good research, and make it through so it's through professionals, I'll I'll feel better about it. What the what the committee does, I can't tell you because they're the committee, and they're going to recommend. You know, if they if they feel 
that it should be changed and they come to the board with a recommendation we're going to listen to it would, would the cities uh, overturn their I mean we're going to, voters yeah. in Pendleton and Hermiston are going to have a chance to uh, to overturn their local bans would that uh, influence commissioners at all that well first of all you're going to have to ask them if they're going to do that sure and uh, I, I I can't tell you but I would I would strongly think that they followed our lead and listened to why we did what we did before they did what they did. If marijuana does become legal and, and we do have stores or or uh, dispensaries, it shouldn't be in the county. It really should be in the cities. All of our efforts, particularly with zoning, steer business more to the city than they do to the to outside in the county. So what the, what the cities do, I don't know. There's a couple cities in town or in, in the county that have not banned the use. So I guess somebody out there could grow as to their heart's content. They just can't leave town with it. The cities did take a different, um, they took a different tact in the county. They, they gave voters, you know, they're going to give voters the chance to have their say. Yeah. The county did not. They, yeah, that's they fine. Yeah. That's fine. I we did give the county, the state gave the the county voters the option, and they voted no, predominantly. On a different uh, issue, though, that was that was for legalization. This is yeah. for now. It is legal, and we're asking. Well, oh, but it's not. It's not legal here. Marijuana is not legal in Oregon. Really? No, it's legal in Oregon. But it's not legal in Umatilla County. So, so the small selling, small small selling, difference, but selling, but yeah. Selling. But the the county has the has the authority when it comes to legalizing or not. The cities have that authority within their jurisdictions, and what they do, we can we we cannot intervene and say you can't do that. If the city of Pendleton decided to legalize marijuana, they could legalize it. That's up to them, but not in the county. Not in the county. Not yet. We'll see how it progresses. Uh, you know another influencing thing with the exception of the medical benefit that, that I, I, I'm, I'm convinced there is some medical benefit. The other thing recreationally, I just it's been hard for me to get my hands around the idea that that we should endorse something that really hasn't proven to be good. Uh, is it a good thing? Is recreational use a good thing? Does it benefit society? I I haven't become convinced yet, but I could. Are you convinced on alcohol? That's a different subject. Different subject. Were it to come, were it to come the same route as marijuana came uh, today, I would probably put it in the same in the same spot marijuana is. Prohibition, probably, probably. Uh, does it serve a Does it serve a positive? Is there a positive influence on society? But I will also say that mankind has used alcohol far longer than mankind has used marijuana. I don't know about that. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I maybe maybe in, in finally uh, we can just talk a little bit. I, I think the interesting thing about county government for we have a very varied county. Um, we have you know people doing lots of different things. We have cities that have lots of you know different priorities. Um, 
and we're a long way from Salem. So I think some some local folks see county government as sort of a liaison between you know your your local mayor down the street and Salem a long ways away. I wonder how how you sort of uh, philosophically um, see the job of a county commissioner for for residents for you know actually yeah. daily life of trying to yeah sort of mix between the the, the the hyper local and and the far or even the federal yeah exactly even that and uh, I think we are the ambassadors of the people in that respect to the state to the state and federal mm-hmm. uh, we are in frequent contact uh, with our with our resident representatives and senators uh, just two days ago and it's it's frequent it's 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 not a daily occurrence but it's it's often. So we're listening. We're finding out what's happening, what what's being put through. We're, what are the issues that are facing the legislature? We're pay, we pay attention to those because they impact us a lot. For example, for example, the 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 law that was passed that said the county, at its option, could tax a solar installation based on its output. That's so many dollars per megawatt. We have that as an option versus taxing it on its real value, which reflects the intent of the legislature to promote green energy. Sure it does. But if the legislature wants to promote green energy, why are they spending our money? Because the money that would come in charging by the megawatt is far less than we receive charging by uh, it's ad valorem taxes. So if the legislature wants to promote that and provide some kind of an income tax credit, not a property tax credit, property taxes are ours. They're very generous with us. They're very willing to give away our property tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, same happens with a with a major industry when the when a strategic investment plan, a SIP, is 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 brought into it. And uh, the state determines the value and how much of the money uh, in lieu of taxes is going to come to the county. And it's never the same as if we were to charge full tax money on it. Never. But it does have the advantage that it brings a business to town. And if that's what it takes to get a business to town and, and it works out fairly enough, I guess it's okay. But the legislature, the Oregon legislature, is far more willing to give away our money than theirs. That's just the nature of the beast. Federally, we keep an eye on things like forests. We keep an eye on things like BLM, the federally owned property. Uh, frankly, I, I for one don't want to take over the, the national forests. I don't have the, I can't see the budget for it. You know, we had a pretty bad fire year this last year. If the county were paying the cost of putting out those fires, I don't think we would be able to do that. Now, maybe it would just go natural and just burn like it used to. When lightning hit it and nobody was here to put it out, just burn it down. Then maybe it'd grow up the right way, which even the, the forest experts say now that they've managed poorly. But they should have they should have allowed some of the fires to burn, to burn all that fuel that sits down below the bigger trees, and it would burn through faster, leave the bigger trees grow. They could grow bigger and periodically wipe out the, the fuel that way. That's that's what, kind of where they are now. They're trying to clean the forest from the years and years and years that they wouldn't let anybody in it. So we 
pay very close, but I don't think I want to take on all the federal mm-hmm. property. I'd like some of it. And there's some pieces of ground uh, owned by the BLM in Hermiston that would be excellent industrial property. That would be bad. What may ask them for it? They can't. What, what would they say? No? <laughs> Succinctly, I know we've been here an hour. Oh, have uh, okay. Bill Elfring, um, <clears throat> why should Umatilla County voters reelect you as their commissioner? Because I want to continue to do the good things that I've been able to do for the county. They've already invested in me four years of training. You know, and I don't think I'm telling any stories because he'd tell you too. Uh, Commissioner Murdoch came up with this one. He said, you know, if people would have known how little I know about county government when they elected me, they probably wouldn't have. And uh, and there's, there's a lot of truth to that. I was fortunate the first time around that I got elected in May. So I had seven months to walk the walk, talk the talk. But I can tell you it still isn't the same thing until you're sitting in the chair, doing the work day by day, making the decisions you have to make day by day. Uh, I enjoy working for the people of, of Umatilla County. And I think we've we've accomplished some, made some real progress. And I think there's still more to be done. Uh, I, can, I can see, for example, the uh, continuing to, to work with the Army to get that depot property moved. I want to see the, the continuation, the, the, the fruition of the water expansion that NAWA and J.R. Cook are working on. I want to see the I want to see that desert bloom. Uh, I want to I want to continue the work that I've started to work with with the various communities in this county to help them develop and grow their grow their community the way they want to do it, to help them with what they need to do to bring economic growth in. Uh, we want to be, be a resource to all the all the communities in, in, in the county and to work with them. I just want to continue to do it. I enjoy it. It's a lot of work, but I don't mind that. I signed on for it, and uh, I just want to continue to do it. And uh... well, Thanks for your time. Yeah, okay, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.